Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Virtue Signal. It's me, Bill Whittle, here with my friend Alfonso Rachel, and uh, we try to talk about things that are kind of underneath the surface of politics. And uh, Zoe, I mentioned on the last episode that I was recently doing uh, a, a little campaigning for Larry Elder, and I got to watch Larry's uh, campaign video, a little eight, nine-minute thing about why he's running and stuff. And in it, he talks about how his parents grew up in the Jim Crow South, uh, came to Los Angeles, started a little shop. Everybody worked hard. He worked hard. Everything he got, he got through hard work. Um, and and he didn't let anybody get in his way. We've talked many times on this show and others about Booker T. Washington and that attitude and so on. So I thought maybe we'd talk a little bit about this idea of work because there's an awful lot out there. The entire left is predicated on the idea of telling people that the people who have worked hard have stolen something from you that is rightfully yours. And if you'll vote for us, we'll take it from them and give it back to you. And that way you won't have to work. And, and so the entire idea of work has become, it's rapidly becoming like some, like some form of invented oppression, you know? I've seen people saying, oh, you know, I want government handouts or I want the reparations or I want this or I want that or so on. I don't see why I should have to work. I've seen this many, many times. I don't want to work. I just want the money. I don't, I don't want to work for it. I just want the money. Now, in a more sensible time, you would understand that if you've got a little village and if you're not either out there growing food or protecting the people that are growing food or conceivably strumming on a lute to make the days make the days easier at nighttime for the people who are out there working. Somebody's got to do something, right? But when money is simply printed out of thin, and not even printed anymore, it's just fiat. Mm. Yeah, what have we got? You got numbers? Yeah, add three zeros to that. <laughs> when, when there's no connection between work and reward, when, there's, when, when money no longer has any significant meaning, at least in terms of the, the big picture, when you run up a debt that is never going to be repaid, all of this stuff. When, when, you, when you say to students, we're going to either forgive your student debt or you won't have to pay for college anymore, you're telling all of the people who ever repaid student debts, and I did, and it took me 30 years or something like that, mm. calling me a chump, you know? Mm. You're just calling me a chump, but all the people who saved money for their kids to go to college and didn't go and buy swimming pools or around the world or new cars or, or whatever... They're chumps too. And, and we're rapidly reaching this point where, where the entire idea of working for a living, in other words, doing something to earn your food, we're, we're rapidly appro approaching a point where this is considered to be not only oppressive, but kind of stupid. I hear you, man. It, 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 here's, here's an example of that stupidity, and it's, it's kind of ironic too. Man, it takes hard work to not work. <laughs> it's like you think that's the truth yeah it's if you were if you were if you're at somebody if you're at an office mm -hmm. and you are trying not to work that is exhausting compared to actually doing the job it is man trying to make you trying to make yourself look busy <laughs> look yeah it's it's exhausting yeah it's like why put all that effort and creativity into into doing that man and you know the thing is and when we talk about people who don't want to do that the, at the root of it is pride you know, it's like, why should I have to? Why should I have to work to make the man rich or anything like that? And, and uh, you know, and a lot of people, they'll, they'll do that hard work just to get to a place where, you know, like a, a political office where they're not actually doing anything and they're basically paid to not do nothing. Um, you know, and, and, or, or it's an instance of these people work really hard 
to get what somebody else has. And it's like, man, there's more redeeming ways to spend your time if you're going to spend your wheels doing that. You know, the word of God says, look, man, if you don't work, you don't eat. Right. And, yeah, and, I mean, that's really it, right? It's like when somebody says, well, why should I have to work? The, the only response to that is, well, why should I have to work twice as hard to feed you? Right. Where does that, where does that right come from? You know, where do you have the, where, where do you get the nerve mm -hmm. to tell me that I have to work twice as hard mm -hmm. to feed not only me, but now I have to feed you too? Why? Yeah. What do I owe you? And now to get, to expect, you know, and it's a reasonable question, man, but you know, we ain't going to get a reasonable answer. As far as that goes, uh, you know, it's like, you know, when, when you look at the, the commandments, the commandment says, you know, a lot of people zero in on on that Sabbath one. Right. Where it says on the seventh day on the Sabbath, you're going to rest and stuff like that. No, the full commandment is for six days. Shall you work? That's a commandment. Right? So, you know, people that but a lot of people forget about that part. We that's an interesting point. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Like, here's a special day. It's like, actually, no, the other six days are the days that are. Yes, you're that you're on duty. Yeah. That is part of the clause, right? You know, it's like, you can't just, just zero it in this one article right here. No, there's a, there's a, a supreme article right here and here is a clause in it. You gonna work, right? So now, but you know, in this society, even people who do work, you know, they they feel like they're not given enough. And, you know, we're getting to where, um, you know, you got to pay them $15 an hour to, to, uh, to do an entry level job, you know, and all that. Once again, it's McDonald's is, is, is offering thousand dollar signing bonuses now, right? Now thousand dollars. I saw one for $250 at uh, a Pollo Loco or something. <laughs> Just please come to work. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what a, oh man, the, the evil genius the evil genius that that uh, the Democrats have done is like, yeah, we're going to make it to where people are, you know, business are going to be begging people. It's begging people to come to work and be prepared to pay like hollered high dollar for people to come in and, and take these jobs. Uh, it's money that people went to college for and are in debt for years to be able to pay off. It's a strange thing that people, you know, they want to go to college. I think the irony is, is that they want to go to college and they want to go to college for free and get this education for a higher paying job for stuff that they want for free. What do you need a higher paying job for? It doesn't even make any sense. And, and all from, from, from even elementary school, all the way through college, kids are just taught that they're entitled. They're not taught to be right. resourceful and stuff like that. They're taught that, well, we could do this if we had more money. We could do that if we had more money. It's like, no, how about you could do this and do that if you were taught to, to tap into your ingenuity, taught to tap into being resourceful. It's like, wow, we may not have uh, as many pencils for this classroom, but I'll tell you what, you know, maybe a, a student might say, well, bam, I'm gonna break my pencil. Now you go ahead and sharpen this in, and now we both got pencils. Start, you know, putting your mind to applicable work rather than preparing them for academic tests. You know, we don't, we don't do that stuff anymore, man. It's all testing for academics rather than testing for practical applications in the real world. Yeah, and and you know, and and this is something I see a lot too. Uh, and, and this isn't just the current generation. But you'll hear people say things like, "Well, you know, you could talk about work because you're a writer, and I'd I'd love to be a writer, and it seems like a really cush job." You know what? It is. It's actually an extremely cushy job. It's. It's an awful lot of hard work, but I love it. I haven't been to work in the way that most people understand work for 13 years now. But with that said, I put in 80 hours a week mm -hmm. on this uh, cushy job that doesn't require any work. <laughs> the deal is this. 
you are not entitled to have, you're not entitled to anything, but you are not entitled to, to work in a job you love. However, it is entirely possible for you to work in a job that you love if you're willing to do the extra work needed in order to get there. And in order for me to become a professional writer, I had to, just off the top of my head, well, I was taking tickets and cleaning up vomit on the floor of the planetarium. That was my first job. Mm. Uh, I've been, a, I've been a, a waiter, a really bad waiter. I've been a limousine driver. I've been a security guard. Security job's not a particularly fun job mm. when you're working 11 to 7 in the morning. It's not a particularly exciting uh, job to do. Uh, I, I've been just about everything. I've been a lab assistant. I've been just about everything. And the only way I got into this business was by working two jobs to see if I could get people to, to start listening to the, to the writing I was doing. You can, in fact, work your way out of a bad job, but you can't just demand your way out of it, and, 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 and it's not owed to you. Nobody owed me this job. Nobody owed me any of this stuff. I decided I wanted it enough to work double hard to get it, and, and this is, the to me, to be, seems to be one of the major, major weaknesses in the fabric of our society today is this disconnect between reward and effort. There's just, a lot of people think there's, there's no connection at all. I want this thing. Yeah, well, you can't have it. Well, why can't I have it? You know, and who are you to say I can't have it? You, you can't have it because you didn't earn it. You didn't put enough in to take this much out. They, they, just, they just don't get it. But the opportunities are, are there, and they continue to be there. Larry Elder's a great example. Booker T. Washington's a great example. You and I are, 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 are medium <laughs> examples of, of, of this kind of thing. But, but we are examples of it. And, and when, you, when you get to the point where you believe that it is incumbent upon anyone other than yourself to provide you not only with the means of your survival – right? It's not only incumbent on the government or the rich to pay for my food. They also have to pay for my flat screen TV and my cell phone and my, and my $300 sneakers and all the rest of it. This is what happens when a society gets so far away from reality that nothing makes sense anymore. And if everybody gets on the, um, on the welfare train, which is the goal of the, of the Democrats, because the one thing that they understand is the one thing that is common to anybody who's ever been out of work for any reasonably long length of time. And that is that being out of work, is, is, it fills you with despair. And the one word I would apply to that is it fills you with a kind of lethargy. Mm. You know, it's just a, a, kind of, a kind of like, what's the point? You, could you go look for a job today? Yeah, I could, I guess. But you, you, it's... it's 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 acid to the soul, yes. and they're not. And, and 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 these progressives are not only not trying to prevent it. This is their this is their end game is to have everybody dependent on the government, mm. because you can't vote them out of office if they if they cut off your food. Indeed, man. That's and and I see that's the thing with the Democrat Party. At the end of the day, uh, like say when people say this this new Democrat Party, this new socialist Democrat Party, is new. It's like man, this stuff ain't new. This is not a new principle with the Democrat Party at all. Don't let them get away with that. They're not new. The whole objective of the Democrat Party is still making somebody else pay for what they feel entitled to, whether it's by slavery, socialism, or communism. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the bottom line. And now people are being, and, and they'll use, you know, uh, 
these dazzling displays to show that they're the party of, that you're going to be able to live your dreams and all that sort of stuff as long as you sell your soul to us basically uh yeah. you know people want these jobs and as and as as content creators you know and entertainers and hopefully you know uh and uh, to a degree enlighteners too um yeah our job the, when you see the final product of it yeah it may look easy like these guys who just you know uh or any any whether you're a writer whether you're an entertainer you're up on a screen and you know you get the girl and hey man who wouldn't want that job that's a cushy job it's not easy you know acting it's not easy you know to prepare for the role to get uh, to be able to do these things right to make sure that you got the no, right body right. All everybody that. wants to be a movie star yeah. everybody wants to see themselves at the at the oscar party but nobody wants to do the rehearsal yes. nobody wants to do the memorization nobody wants to just do the work it's hard i mean unless you uh, unless you understand yo this is my job you know now and it's and it, don't get me wrong it's a nice job to have you can get it and getting the job oh my god you know, unless you're willing to sell your soul, you know, to, to, to get to that place. But yeah, getting there, like, or even as a musician, hauling around heavy gear, putting into a car that, that costs less than your gear to drive 50 miles to get, you know, it's like doing yeah, that. To play for seven people or, yeah. and, they're, and they're all drunk and they all want to hear country music or whatever. And, and it's, nobody sees this. Yes. You know, I am one of those, I'm a 48-year-old overnight success. You know, that's how long it took me to become an overnight success. <laughs> right? It takes, it's it's work, man. I mean, when you when you can get there, it's not a good idea. And, you know, you got to know how about, if, if we're speaking to anybody who wants a career in writing and if they're going to take any sort of inspiration from us or anything like that, you know, be prepared to, to, to lend your talents to somebody who actually needs them rather than pursuing your vanity project. Because that's what a lot of musicians end up doing. I'm, 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 I'm the worst offender. You go after your vanity project. You want to write that one book or you want to write that one album and you want to do your project. No, you got to spend your time writing for other people, right? You're going to have to find some way to sell your service to other people in the capacity that you can get it while you build or get an opportunity or get a calling from somebody to be able to, to, to do it. It took me a long time to learn that, folks. If you're younger and you're wanting to do that don't assume that you're just because you see these people who have done that these are like one people in a thousand people who are trying to do that and 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 you know their their uh persistence caught them a lucky break uh 10, hours folks yeah that's what it takes to master something mm. Ten thousand hours and that's not ten thousand hours of goofing off <laughs> it's generally accepted if you you in order to become a genuine expert a master of what you do to be really good at what you want to do mm. takes 10 thousand hours mm. to get to that place and, and i've spent that yes. and so have you and, and now here's the thing selling it now we know that we know that this takes work but and larry elder is saying hey man this this takes work it takes work if, you, if you're willing to put in the work you can get there but just because this is a free country doesn't mean that you're free from work when you meet these obstacles that are going to keep you from getting to where it is that you need to go well you're going to have to work that much smarter Right. As mm -hmm. well as harder. Uh, you're going to have to not let the victim mentality get the better of you. You know, you're going to have you're going to have to do these things. And just re remember, yes, it's a free country. And don't assume that it's not and get cynical just because you didn't get what you wanted for free, whether it's free from pay having to pay some money for it, or whether it's free from you having to break a sweat. You're going to have to work. And then someday. You're not guaranteed that you're going to get there. But just like you said, you're guaranteed the opportunity. And you know what? Other people, they're going to take the opportunity to get in your way. Right? <laughs> it's competition out there, baby. You know, that's just the way that it is. Now, it's important when we talk about this to talk about the fact that there are, of course, and have always been and will always be people who cannot work. 
they 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 they're they're they've either suffered an injury or 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 they've reached old age or or they're sick with some condition or whatever. There are people who are born without arms and legs. There are people that lose arms and legs and hands in the course of working, and then they can't work anymore. The Victorians had a very interesting term for this. The Victorians had a great deal of wisdom in some areas, and this was one of them. The Victorians had a term called the deserving poor. And in Victorian England especially, there was zero tolerance of people who just wanted to sit around and not work. Zero. You would go, you would live in the streets. You don't want to work, live in the streets. But the, but the Victorians understood this idea of the deserving poor. And the deserving poor would be somebody like a, a soldier who, who goes and fights Napoleon and comes back without any arms. That guy needs help. He, he's, not, he's not asking for help because he's not willing to work. He's, he's, he needs the help because of the work that he did. They would apply the term to a mother who finds herself without any means of income because her husband had died. That was the deserving poor. But if she divorced him, no. Now, I'm not saying that's exactly the standard we need to hold ourselves to today. But this idea that the, the conservatives are often accused of like, oh, you're absolutely heartless. And what do you say about these, you know, these starving people? And so I say, listen, I don't want anybody starving in this country and nobody is starving in this country. You know, charity and generosity and help, a helping hand is great. But a safety net is not the same thing as the safety hammock. And, and you, you have to make that distinction between people who, who either are not able to work and, who not, and deserve help on a moral level because they are the deserving poor. They're doing their best versus people who, who are taking advantage. This is really what it comes down to, right? A, a, a civilized society filled with decent people understands that some of us have to work harder because there are some people who simply cannot. They're sick, they're old, or whatever. I don't want to live in a society where sick and old people are just dumped or killed. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's human kindness and generosity and, 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 and humanity in general to help people who are in genuine need. But as always, the, the, the left is capable of using that nobility of character, that fundamental decency, and using that as a weapon to say, well, why don't you want to help this person when you're saying that you should starve? No, I'm saying the, guy, the guy's got $200,000 because he took out a degree in medieval poetry, and now he's crying about having to pay it back. Well, McDonald's is hiring, man. You know, it's not like you were hit by lightning. This, this sense of, 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 of the justice of, of things, the sense that, that, that these things are connected, that this reward and this, and this effort are connected, and if for some reason an uh, act of God, a power greater than yourself, has disconnected your ability to put in the effort then in a civilized society, then of course, of course you get the help. But this idea of using that decency is the same thing that they do with people's decency when it comes to things like racism, right? The reason, the reason that charges of racism cause people to shut up is because they're not racist. If you accused a, a Klan's member of being a racist, he'd be proud of it. Mm -hmm. But they take the people's natural decency. I don't want to be a racist. I'm not a racist. I don't want to be called a racist. Yeah, I'm not a racist. I'm, I'm just, I'll just keep my head down. This, this constant strategizing of how to take people's goodness and use it against them for your own personal benefit 
is a hallmark of, of what we're fighting today. Definitely, man, and it's evil. And it's just like you said, you know, with uh, people being able to be charitable and stuff like that. Well, the thing is, is that we've been we've been deprived of that. We're not free to be charitable anymore. You know, when we talk about no. people, uh, uh, like you talk about the, the deserving poor, um, the thing is, that was that was something that the church was actually supposed to do, the church body. That was in our hands. We were, well, we're not free to do that anymore. You got churches that are beholden to some 501c3 law and they caved to that. They kowtowed to that and gave the state more power. They basically made the state God before God. So the church dropped the ball on that. You know, the Lord says, hey, I gave to you freely and I expect you to freely give. I didn't tell you to involve the state. The Lord, the Lord says, I gave to you freely and I expect you to, he's not talking about generosity. He's talking about being free to give. Nobody made yeah. me do this. I didn't have to do this for you, but I'm gonna do it by my own volition. And you do the same. Don't have the state covetous, don't, don't put in an institution of covetousness where people can cover what somebody else has and justify stealing it to supposedly spread it around. I never told y'all to do that. You know, so we're supposed to be free to give, but just like we talk about with the language and the education, who oversees these things? And they can go ahead and tell you and assume, and, and these people are just as religious as anybody else. These people assume to be your, the, the, the spiritual and the scientific authorities, just like the churches of old who were able to read and the commoners couldn't, they didn't understand all this scientific and stuff. So you gotta do what we tell you and you have to abide by it. And if we're gonna tell you that in order for you to be a compassionate person, you have to allow us to make laws that dip into the uh, pockets of other people, depriving you of the ability to be charitable, depriving yeah, you. Yeah, that's right. You know, that's where we are. That's right. Anybody who's ever worked for tips that I've known, and I've worked for tips for, I don't know, five, six, seven years of my life, is always a generous tipper. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's amazing, really, if you're a waiter, the difference between a $3 tip and a $5 tip. It really is. Mm -hmm. It'll just make your whole hour. Sure. Uh, and I could be a lot more generous than I already am if the government wasn't taking so much of my money and claiming credit for generosity <laughs> for things that they didn't have to give away in the first right? place. It's not generosity if they put a gun to your head and steal your money from you and then give it to somebody else and say, see how generous I am, <laughs> see how charitable I am, see how virtuous I mm. am. No, and what you find is, is that when you find people who, when you leave people alone and have them become affluent and take as little of their money as possible, you end up with the most generous society in the history of the world. And when people talk about, well, America's foreign policy, you know, the, the amount of foreign aid that America gives out is insignificant compared to the amount of money that the federal government spends. First of all, <laughs> we're sending out an awful lot of money, but much more importantly than that is if you measure what the U.S. government sends out in charity, okay, but how much of the world's charity comes from, from individual Americans who are giving away money after the state has taken, in California, essentially half mm -hmm. of it? Yeah. You know? So all of this stuff is unconnected to, to, to work, and, and it's just one more thing we're all going to have to get down on our down on our knees with, get in the mud, roll up our sleeves and just start scrubbing this thing. And and I'll just close with a positive thought. Uh, this weekend I was up in uh, Salinas at this event, as I said, for Larry Elder. And on the way back, I realized, didn't know it in advance, but there was some gigantic antique car show there. I mean, we saw hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these cars. And this just needs to be said. Of all these cars we saw, every single one of them looked like they were made yesterday. Wow. They looked like they just came brand new out of the showroom. But most of them were just rusting hulks and the tires were just tattered pieces of rubber and the, and the light 
seats were broken and, and all of it. And, and most of those cars that we saw that looked brand new are the result of people putting a lot of love, a lot of time, a significant amount of money, but mostly an awful lot of work into restoring these rusted hulks and making them look brand new. And when you think about the things that they put into the car, like seatbelts and radios and stuff, they're better than they were than they were new. And the same thing can be done with this country as well. So don't ever forget that despair is the end goal of the people that are working against us. And, and just don't ever give them that anyway. For, uh, for my friend Alfonso Rachel, I'm Bill Whittle. This is The Virtue Signal. We'll see you here next week. Thanks again for the members at BillWhittle.com for making this possible. Welcome, and thank you for tuning in for some Sledge Covers, where I put a sledge edge on songs from back in the day, particularly from the 70s and the 80s. Bell bottoms to parachute pants, baby. If you dig what you hear, you can download all these songs for free or drop a buck in the guitar case if you like. I wouldn't mind that. You can also check out original 20-pound sledge jams, too. You can also download all those for free or make a donation. Thank you so much for supporting. Links are in the description field. Sledge on! <laughs>
Okay, song stopped. What's up? Man, I feel kind of silly singing the quad diddly quad quad parts. Really? Yeah. Actually, you know what's really silly, man? What? You in here talking to yourself and posting it online. And playing with yourself, too. I play the instruments myself. Don't get it twisted, pervert. I know you are, but what am I? I'll give you a hint. I'm you. There's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with you. Want to get back to that silly sing-along, hmm?